srcu je nosim, di god da idem, uzdignute glave ponosno da vide, prek visokih gora i dalekih mora, kod crte na licu didovih bora, popjeda borba, veselje, nacija, volim te jako, moja Kroacija. Hello everyone, this is Prashant Tiwari and you are listening to the podcast Football Bloody Hell. Today with us we have a Croatian fan, Andrea. Andrea, can you tell our listeners about yourself? Hello, um, yeah, my name is Andrea. I come from Zagreb, Croatia. I've been living in London for the past four years. I love football and oh my God, we came second in the World Cup. Isn't that amazing? That's great. That's the uh, biggest underdog story of the World Cup, I think, like ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm still buzzing, you know. It's, it's just so, so, so great. Like, you know, especially, I mean, we, we, did, lo- uh, we did lose the last game, but mm-hmm. we are all so happy. We're still celebrating. People are still recovering from their hangovers. And it's, it's just amazing. I think, you know... One day, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever probably live through something like this. <laughs> <laughs> you you were hungover yourself, right? That whole night? Oh, I'm not. No, I'm, I didn't drink. I decided that, um, you know, losing wasn't good enough reason for me to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and And also, it was a Sunday, so it was kind of a bit better just to drink soft drinks that afternoon. <laughs> Yes. Someone needs to work. You you went to the work next day on Monday? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. But oh. in Croatia, in Croatia, people had that um, they were given like half day off and they they were all allowed to go and see the parade. So the same thing that when the players came and almost half a million people were there. Yes, that that's exactly the same thing. Yes. <laughs> that was crazy, right? Like for a country so small half a million people coming to uh... yeah it's like one eighth of of the whole population it's amazing i and even probably even more than that and i i I'm just so 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 super sad that i i was unable to fly home for the weekend and just uh-huh. miss that it i mean i know people were just standing there like idiots for for hours and hours <laughs> so uh, as a croatian fan how would you describe this World Cup, like from the first match till the last one you were there? <laughs> well, let's start from um, the, the qualifying round, actually. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, because we actually had such an easy, such an easy group, you know. That was the first time I was able to say, oh my God, we have an easy run towards <laughs> the, the, the World Cup. But then yes. we, we fucked it all up. Because we always have to do that by losing to Iceland in, in the... My Iceland? Yes, your very own Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> we lost in like dying minutes or something, 1-0. And, you know, they defended so well. And, yes. And then we drew with Finland. And, oh. and that, was, that was the nail in the coffin, the final nail in the coffin. And... And then we were all like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? And our old manager was then finally sacked. Like, nobody really liked that guy. And Wasn't that guy sacked? One, like, first leg was over and then he was sacked of the qualifying, something like that? Like, uh, I, I read that 
the first leg of the qualifier he was there and then you guys lost or something and then he was sacked for the second leg yeah 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 so so what happened is uh he was there for all the games uh apart from the last one okay oh so so um so the first leg i think we won all the games and we did really well i think we actually only drew with turkey um, okay but then uh i mean over the day of that match uh everyone drew in our group so so the, the so essentially we all had one point at the end of it so it wasn't really tragic but then you know we, we started winning all other matches and then it, that stupid iceland game came and then we lost 1-0 and then we drew with finland afterwards and that that's when he was sacked and i think that was probably the best thing that happened to us in a while because i don't think um i don't think that the players really respected him and okay. um i think in the dressing room the situation wasn't really good as well and um he had also a fallout with Lovren uh in uh, 2016 at the euros okay um, oh. so so he wasn't actually there at all and Zlatko Dalić was appointed after him uh yes exactly yeah. what an what a turnaround since he came huh? um so so yeah he, he he was first actually appointed only for one match he was oh. only appointed yeah so so that was initially he was appointed to only lead croatia against ukraine okay. which was the last match in the qualifier yeah and uh, we won that one um but then they decided to keep him until we go through the playoffs okay. and we had Greece in the playoffs and we beat them i think 4-0 or 4-1 or something like that in the first leg in ah. Zagreb and then we we managed to get the goalless draw uh back in Greece okay. um so so he managed to qualify us and then they they decided to keep him for the world cup um so he he's actually very popular in Saudi Arabia he won trophies there and and he he was a manager I, in Saudi Arabia yes yes and he won the league with them or something um so so I know a lot of um so Saudi Arabia people actually supported Croatia because of him oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, in the final uh, almost all the all of the world supported Croatia except the French and and some some bitter english people i think don't get me wrong there's so many such nice england fans i've met here and you know i i i absolutely adore them yeah um but there are some salty ones who couldn't really i think uh, swallow the fact that croatia knocked england out um in in the semi final yeah yeah i, I was um, i was thinking that bbc match of the day or the other day when they won against sweden and they're like okay now we are in the finals we can beat croatia and all that that would have really hurt you guys watching that i think yeah i think that was what what luka modric said actually in his post match uh, interview um when when he said that what 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 gave them extra motivation was um that the pundits and commentators some english pundits and commentators really yes. and the rest imitated us hmm. and 
it is true because I I live here, you know. I read BBC, I read the Guardian, I I watch match of the day. I I you know I I was what I saw nearly every game in this World Cup and all the commentary. Okay. And you know there there were quite a few words said like you know England have done so amazingly well we can beat Croatia easily. You just don't don't go in the match like that because I know we we were knackered. You know our team is old as well and. Anything could have happened in that match. I, I, to be honest, even I didn't really think we're gonna win. But uh, you just don't go around and say, "Oh, we'll batter them," you know. And um, and you know, if anything, I know, I know, Croatia haven't played probably the nicest football in the World Cup. But I think what we have shown is is that we have the 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 motivation and you know the love for the country and love for football. And we'll do literally anything to get to the final, and we did that, and that was that just was amazing. Exactly, but I think this beautiful football thing is, I think, overrated, right? Everyone says play beautiful football and win. What is that? You just win, right? At the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the end, it comes down to the number of goals scored. Yes, uh, yeah. Spain had like one thousand passes against Russia, and they lost the match. Yeah. What was the point of that? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So in this yeah. World Cup, you started with uh, Nigeria and you bet them. That was an easy match, right? First one. Yeah. So actually, that's the only one I haven't really seen um, because I I went with my sister to a concert, but okay. we 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 had the stream on our phone, um, <laughs> so, so we watched bits of it. <laughs> um, we saw both goals. Okay. Um, but to be honest, that was the game when I actually thought that. We will go out of the uh, of the groups in the group stages because I wasn't really really by the performance. No, you know the first goal was I think um, a known goal, and, and the second was a Lucas penalty. The penalty, you know, it was like you know we we can't play games like that, and you know Nigeria came. I mean Nigeria is is a good good team. Um, you know I don't want to underestimate, but they came from the fourth spot, so you know they people would think they are the easiest one but yeah. it's a tough game and I think these African teams they play really really good football um, exactly. they're very young they're very fast they have the pace you know we are all old and relatively slow as well yeah uh, so you, you know, I, I thought we you know I, we did beat them 2-0 but I, I was worried that we might struggle against Argentina then and then but, what happened against Argentina. <laughs> oh, well, that was that was actually that was wow. Yeah, I I can't really I couldn't really believe that result. Um actually one of one of my thesis committee um supervisors is uh, Argentinian. And oh. uh, he he believed that Croatia will beat Argentina and I was like, yeah, there's no way in hell that's going to happen. <laughs> you you humiliated them. I know, and I I couldn't believe. Yeah, we we I think we literally humiliated them. Yeah, and Ooh. I I wasn't. I mean, it was probably the the worst Argentina performance I've yeah. ever seen in my life. I you know, Argentina are you know history good team. So, <laughs> and then you had to play against Iceland. Just yeah, that was just a formality, I think, because. I mean, whatever happened, we, we would have gone through. And we, we decided to rest all the players, 
I think only Perisic and uh, Modric played. Modric played because he wanted to. He 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 was actually due to be rested as well, but he wanted to play. Um, and I I really like that game. I mean, I I think our goalkeeper. So so we played with another goalkeeper. It was uh, Lovre Kalinic who was uh, playing playing in that game, who was just so amazing. Like he saved us completely in the first half. We probably could have conceded five how many chances Iceland created um, but he was just you know defending literally anything and stopping it from coming in um, and then came the knockout rounds at Denmark game what was that first five minutes some some, <laughs> some shit was going yeah, I, after that, that, that five minutes I said I bet that that's the most exciting five minutes we're going to see in this game and it was exactly how it was I, I couldn't watch the penalties. I went into my room and I just listened to my friends celebrating in the other room. Really? Um, you I, I can't. Like I said, I don't have a, a heart condition. But after those two penalty rounds, I, I think I, I, you know, had one. Um, I, I developed one. And, <laughs> and in the second one, second knockout game, the quarterfinals, that also a nail biter. Yeah. Oh, God, the Russia game. That Cherishev goal, that was amazing, actually. Wow, that's the first one. Great. Yeah, but then, but then Kramaric scored scored that header, which was also quite good because I mean, diving header. Yeah, yeah, it it was it was quite a tough goal. Um, and then Vida goal really really made me happy. I was like, okay, finally we're not going to penalties again. But then I don't know why we needed to give them that stupid free kick. That was just so unnecessary. We probably conceded all our goals from stupid free kick. I went to another room for that as well. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Really? The second game running? <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I really can't watch that. I'm, I, I, I can't. My, my heart wouldn't probably able to handle that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Penalty key shootouts for Croatia. You were not watching the game at all. Like, wow. <laughs> no, I, I can't watch penalty shootouts. No, I, and also, I mean, it brings us luck if I'm not watching it. So, oh, yes. That's just superstition factors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then came, then came the It's Coming Home parade. It's coming. Oh, it's coming home. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, the thing is, it was, we, we watched the game with two English people and and well my boyfriend was there and he well he obviously supported England hmm. but I, I could see towards the end that he kind of started fighting with Croatia um, because <laughs> he was really excited about Mandzukic goal which I didn't really expect but he, he was I, I the thing is he really lo- loves Croatian team and he loves Mandzukic and probably seeing him score and you know did he jump out of joy? Like, did he celebrate with you the Manzukic yes, goal? Yes, 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 he did. <laughs> but I think he also did it for the, you know, for the peace in our house. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the one. It would be much worse if England won because, I, you know, it's me. Croatians are not really known to be diplomatic people, so. And your Twitter handle that day would have gone crazy if the Croatians had lost. <laughs> Yeah, I did have faith we might beat them. But to, to be honest, I, I, you know, England had a decent run, but 
I, I was not really convinced by them at all. I mean, I guess that's because they played, you know, the likes of Tunisia and Panama and then, exactly. you know, so, so you can't really judge a team based on their performances against, you know, maybe not so good teams like those two. Um, two teams they faced the good quality teams Belgium and Croatia they lost right exactly but then you can't really judge it against Belgium either because they both played their B teams yeah so true. you don't really you know you, you can't really say but you know I always favored England B team more than their A team I guess <laughs> you can't see Harry Kane starting again can you <laughs> <laughs> well I guess mm, well, you know I don't like him, but we'll talk about that later. It's fine. It's fine. Well, we don't have to talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the final, the build-up, how was it? The anxiety, there was it among the Croatians? Yeah, the thing is, I I didn't really care what will happen in the final because reaching the final itself, you know, was historic by itself. So. So we were all just celebrating that, you know, we reached the final. And I, I was listening to Croatian radio every day and they were just, you know, constantly uh, playing snippets of, of uh, the commentary from the England match. You know, wow. when, when Manjikov scored and then when the final whistle blew. And apparently, that's a very interesting thing which I read in the newspaper, our... Uh, one of one of our uh, in- scientific institutes in Zagreb actually measured that there was a minor earthquake oh, come on. in Zagreb twice actually during uh, when when Manjukic scored and then at the final whistle that the the earth moved a bit because so many people started jumping at the same time. Uh, I know I was celebrating because it was it was just. It's a historic achievement, and we we all got drunk here. <laughs> um, but the worst thing is that it was a Wednesday, so you know you have to come into work two days uh, after that. And <laughs> in the final, you guys played pretty well, you know. Like in the you started well, equalized, and then that war happened. Yeah, the thing is, you know, even that first goal, I I will never no but. No one will ever convince me that that was a foul. That's okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's, uh, let our uh, listeners know Griezmann rant is coming. Go. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I won't run too much. I don't like him. I'm going to say that much. But I, I really... I, first, nobody will convince me that was a foul. And second, um, I, I, I mean, Pogba was offside at that goal. And... I think many people agreed with that as well. Um, maybe it was marginally offside, so it, it could have probably passed as, as an onside, so I probably wouldn't go so deep into that. But I think the the foul was never a foul. It was a clear dive, and you know I, I would have probably booked Griezmann there. Um, but, but then the second goal, the penalty... Uh, uh, to be honest, you know, everyone always says it's not a deliberate handball. It's not a deliberate handball. So, yeah, you know, and and then you know, a deliberate handball is a penalty. But not you could see that he was, you know, he, he was trying to to remove his arm and and not you know push the ball. And and you you could see that the ref himself wasn't really sure what's going on there. And so so you know, if you're not sure, you don't give it. I think that's the golden rule, right? 
I mean, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, we, we'll never know what happened. Look, French people will say it's a clear penalty, obviously. Croatians will say, probably majority, that it's not a penalty. So I guess I can't be biased in this. <laughs> and the second half, yes, they played well. They took their chances. It was match over, I think, after Pogba's goal. Yeah, but I think I still think that overall Croatia performance in that game was better than France. I think France did the minimal thing they needed to do to win it and they did it and they won it and, you know, kudos yes. to them and, you know, but we still celebrated this as if we won. Not probably, I, I couldn't do it immediately because I was still too sad because, you know, I, I did feel like we were robbed a bit. Of course, yes. But, you know, yesterday I was so so proud. I was watching that parade uh, online and it was just amazing. It was wonderful. Did you also shed a tear? Did you also cry? I did. <laughs> I expected yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it was happy tears. <laughs> it's, it's just that, you know, you, you miss your hometown, you miss all those people and you miss that, you know, unity in a way because that that's just such a new thing and you know croatia is is with all the problems that poor country suffers from you yeah know, that, I that, one thing, that one that was one thing that made all the people uh think about one thing and it's a happy thing as well and you know it's football bloody hell yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So, uh, Andrea, this this was unbelievable success for the Croatian team. But uh, how was Croatia before the World Cup, like polit- politically or, you know, the people around? What was the mood of the nation? And after the World Cup, did it change? Something happened? Or still... Well, the thing is, it's... so nobody really believed we we're going to do anything. Like me, my whole family and me included, we all thought that we will not even go through the... Um, Group stage. A group stage and um and then yeah nobody really believed and we never so, so there is a lot of corruption in in croatian football and i i shouldn't really go into it because it would take too long but essentially there was this guy who is now um who who, who is a criminal who uh took money from from transfers um and he he privatized um, the, the the national team practically, and so he's the owner of Dinamo Zagreb um, club, and um, and he essentially he 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 was taking money from from transfers, and that's why you can you know hear about Modric and Lovren being implicated in in you know frauds and stuff like that, and um, so he he has just been that guy has just been convicted, and I think after that this whole you know, thing kind of. I, I think that's why the boys played better and and felt better and everything. And um, but that, that's why that's why the, the the whole nation was quite divided when it came to football. Um, okay. You know, there were people who were really against that kind of behavior and that against that guy against the privatization, and then that there were uh, there were other people, you know, who are probably more you know, far right who who supported everything through everything. And yeah, I was I was the thing is I supported 
our national team because you know they are my football national team and I love exactly. football. But I I always condemned you know the behavior of of that guy and I hated that you know he was privatizing it. And um, but yeah, it was. Um, it was really good, to, you know, to, to hear about his conviction. <laughs> um, and the government didn't help? The current Croatian government, they are not like, they don't care? Uh, well, the thing is, they kind of supported him, right? So so they, they're a bit associated. Like our president was, you know, friends with him and everything. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, the current government is, is not you know my choice um and i we better not go into politics um yes, but yes. it it's really it it the situation in croatia is is very difficult and people you know people are without jobs young people leaving the country i think the population at the moment is has dropped below 4 million like 3.8 now or something people young people are leaving and because there are just no jobs, and um, and I'm I'm one of them actually, <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's really really hard. I mean, I I love my country, and if I could, if I could get a great job there, I would move there in a heartbeat. It's a beautiful country, um, you know. I love the people in there. I just love everything about it, you know, apart from the politics, and. Um, it's it's just a sad sad story because it's a wonderful country, and you know it, it there could be a lot to it, but yeah. So that's why I think this World Cup story is actually such an amazing story for such a tiny country with such huge problems where corruption bursts out of every single little hole. Um, yeah. So so this was absolutely amazing what these boys did. It's it's absolutely unbelievable uh and we read a lot about the players like modric lovren you know subasic survivors of the war in 90s yeah uh, like do you have any memories of that war like anything you remember or you were like too small i do have some memories yes um so me and my Was sister it? are both war children yeah. let's say um i was born before the war during um yugoslavia um and um i don't have any recollection of that um but my my first memories are actually memories during the war and uh, i remember we were hiding in the basement for the majority of time and i just you know i i have the kind of um just thoughts of 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 different basements in my head that we were always somewhere else every time you would hear a siren you would need to go somewhere it's so scary there there were bombs flying everywhere there are still mines in Croatia loads of minefields people you know that you every once in a while you read something in the newspaper that someone stepped on a mine from from that war and it it was horrible I, I remember actually um, I was at, I was outside with my parents. We went for a walk, and and there were some some, some planes flying over us. And then you could just hear a siren in in one second. It was really really scary. We just had to find the shelter as soon as possible. It 
yeah it, it was really horrible experience and my sister was she was only a baby like she she was like maybe a few months old um, oh god it was it was really 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 horrible yeah um so i was i was very young i was you know my my first memories were from when i was like 2 years old and that's you know that that's where i have these pictures of basements in my head <laughs> and the smell as well the smell will stay with me probably forever <laughs> those are some harsh memories for life like terrible yes it it is it's very terrible it's it's really tragic what happened so many people lost their lives a lot of a lot of children lost their fathers and it, it was really really horrible yeah and do you remember the 98 team that everyone compares to the current team with do you remember that world cup i do you... i do but not for the right reason <laughs> really i was i was sick i was sick during that world cup um okay. so so that's that's how i remember it. <laughs> I I do remember I I do remember you know Shuker and then the whole generation I remember the goals well yeah ish I remember the teams we played and everything but I was I was I was nine years old um, um when when that happened but my sister and I were lying in our beds both were sick and. Um, <laughs> um but i i do remember that the football was on all the time and then okay. the the when they won the third place i actually yeah we felt a bit better towards the end um and um and i remember we played that semi final game against france and i was like yeah i'm sure we can we can beat them you know <laughs> and uh, and then we lost you know <laughs> But uh, you know, we we did nail Germany before that. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrea, what do you think? What's next for Croatia, like for the national team? Um. So I mean, so we know that. Well, at least that's what rumors are saying. Uh, Rakitic is planning to uh, retire from national football. Um, mm-hmm. And th- I know. So I I read that there some. I think a reporter asked Modric about his plans for the future, but he said that he's not in the state to say anything yet because he needs a rest. Um, of course. Um, so I mean, I think it's quite likely to see them retire relatively soon. Um, but also with Croatian team, we kind of always prefer to. play with a bit older players um mm-hmm. so we know that Serna played until he was like 36 or something and Olic played until he was 34 and so so you know our our players they tend to stay and stick around for a bit longer um so i i wouldn't really be surprised if the guys decided to stay for the euros um but you know modric is 32 now so he'll be 34 at the euro i think he can still do it to be honest at 34 i mean i i don't know if you remember if you remember that moment i think it was against russia and when modric was sprinting to get that ball to stop it from going into the corner i oh, a 32 year old guy who has played the whole season with madrid yeah exactly 120 minutes two matches of 120 minutes he's running like that Yeah, wow. exactly, exactly, and 
you know, I mean, they, they still have it in them. And I was so super happy for, for him to have won the Golden Ball. I think he really deserved it. And, you know, I would also say I don't really agree with uh, people's statements saying that Modric carried our whole team to the final. I don't really think that's true. Because, you know, of course, Modric is really important. But we have other players who can take his position. We have Kovacic, you know. We, we, Rakitic can play in his role as well. And, you know, we have Badel. And, and you know, really a, a, a long list of good midfielders in our team. So I am quite positive that even when he and Rakitic, of course, when, when they retire, we will still have good players in our team. Because the young players... That they have also shown that they can do it. I mean, we we played Spain yeah. with our B team in Euro 2016, and we beat them. Sure. And I I just think that those boys they they have the the, the will to show and you know to, to prove to everyone that they are good as well. And Andrea, if you talk about one player, Nikola Kalinic, what's your thoughts on him? <laughs> Yeah, well, the biggest loser of the World Cup 2018. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know what to say about that guy. To be honest, I was never his biggest fan, really. I didn't really see... He was good for Croatia. He scored quite a few goals. And I, I can't, you know, I can't really deny his quality and what he did give to the national team when he did play for us. Um, but his behavior is um, his behavior is just so poor. Like his ego was bigger than the whole national team, and I just think that, that that's that's just horrible. And I think that was also, you know, telling him to go away. Uh, th- that was what helped our team to feel like a team, you know, to, to behave like a team, to play like a team, you know, to be one. And, um, you, you know, you get rid of these big egos and you just have a bunch of people who are best friends and, you know, who are singing together. And They're like and a that's, band of brothers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Suddenly, <laughs> you know, you think. So finally, this World Cup is over and now our usual season begins. Oh, yeah. I'm actually so excited about the proper Premier League season. What do you expect from Liverpool this season? You guys have been making some good signings, huh? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm you know, I was... So, we, we, we signed Fabinho, which was so out of the blue. Nobody really expected. Nobody knew anything about that guy. Um, I, I know it, the whole thing happened, like, within an hour. Um, it was quite impressive, actually. And uh, then Nabi came finally. I think that was a really long-awaited signing and the transfer. Um, and I, I, what I've seen from preseason games, he's been very good. And I've, I'm super excited to see him start in the Premier League. Um, and then the Fekir transfer oh, fell through. That was hilarious. I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh yeah, of course you did. <laughs> I, I enjoy. You know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed no, no, when you no. find Fred, and then he got injured. 
<laughs> oh come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't enjoy that he got injured. I enjoyed seeing Man United fans react after he got injured. <laughs> <laughs> it was sad for him. The poor lad couldn't play a single minute. I know that that was that was quite quite upsetting. I agree. Um, but then you know, you know, hey, you know, Fellaini signed the the another contract. Yeah, Fellaini, like he's a good good squad player. I I think he's good. Yeah, I I, I love his hair. <laughs> so Andrea, we'll see you more on this pod. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, this, this was fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, I just, you know, I never really gave it too much thought about doing pods or anything because the thing I hate most in my life is listening to the sound of my own voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this was, this was fun. Yeah. Just, you know, talking football. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so so guys, this was Andrea. You can find her on Twitter. Your Twitter handle, Andrea? Uh, it's FPL scientist. Wait. Yes, you can find her there. All all the tweets regarding fantasy football and, of course, Liverpool rants, everything there. Oh, me ranting all the time. That's. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea, for letting us know so many good things about Croatia. Really, even I didn't have so much idea about this. You know. I'm I'm, I'm glad that I could help, and yeah, I I think it's an interesting story. Yeah. Um. And um, I, I actually really look forward to another pot. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, guys, that's it. Bye. Bye. Mercado steps across at the other end. Oh, that's a gift for Rebic, who finishes it absolutely magnificently. Kozovic. Modric. Now he'll unleash one! Sensational goal from Luka Modric! And surely now, Croatia's golden generation are on their way to the last 16! Rebic. Blazed across goal by Vasalko. And turned back in for the equaliser! Mario Mandzukic! What a start for both of these sides! Kubat. Cherishev's not stopped. Denis Cherishev! applaud it. Here's Mandzukic. It's in! It's Kramaric! It's 1-1! Andrei Kramaric claws Croatia level again and we are back where we started. Modric with the corner and Fina with the header and Croatia with the lead! Tomovoi Fina got big! Kekoyev takes the Kuzyaev rolls it in. Rakitic and Russia dissolved into tears as Croatia's cream rises closer to the top. Rakitic for Vasalko, aimed in beyond Mandzukic and fired home by Perisic. Got there. So though did Perisic, Mandzukic! 
Mandzukic pounced. It's at moments like this that Mario Mandzukic has for a decade and more switched on. And boy, he switched on. Croatia, for the first time ever, will play.